This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Just before the break, we were talking with Alexandra Morton. She is a biologist. Uh, She has been a very vocal opponent of in-water salmon farming. Uh, We talked to her about uh, some new concerns that she has. Uh, We're now joined by Ian Roberts. He's a member of the BC Salmon Farmers Association. Ian, thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. You're very welcome, Jill. Thanks for having us. I don't know if you were listening to Alexandra or or some of the concerns that uh, she brought forward, uh, but wanted to start uh, with how she started talking about uh, this virus. And this was a virus that's been seen in uh, Norway that can lead to heart disease uh, in salmon and her concerns uh, about uh, this virus being quite widespread on uh, the BC coast in fish farms. Yeah, well, let me just start by uh, uh, giving a bit of context to the issue. I mean, there's there literally is a million viruses in every drop of seawater. Uh, in fact, viruses are the most common life form on Earth. Um, so uh, there, there's nothing new about uh, viruses in the ocean. In fact, there's nothing new about this particular virus. This virus has been confirmed on this coast in uh, wild fish for decades now. What's new is that there are instruments available to scientists to actually identify this virus. So right now, uh, there is millions of dollars being invested into uh, science in this country, and, and some of this science is around the potential effects of ocean-borne viruses that may affect farmed and wild salmon. So this work is ongoing, but there's certainly nothing new or secretive about uh, uh, viruses in the ocean. Uh, what about her uh, claim, though, that if wild salmon uh, contract the virus, uh, they will inevitably die of it? Well, as I mentioned, uh, uh, it's now known because we've, uh, or, or our government has looked at uh, samples from decades gone by that this particular virus has been in wild salmon and wild trout for decades now. Uh, and there's certainly no evidence whatsoever that this virus uh, is, is harmful to either farm salmon or wild salmon. Uh, And she also uh, talked about, and this has been a question that's been brought up before, about the requirement to test. Do you have to, or do do salmon farmers have to test to to see at what level uh, this virus or any virus might be present? Yeah, absolutely, Joe. Our our fish are regularly tested to ensure that they're uh, they're healthy. And and keep in mind, fish on our farms regularly, each farm achieves a 90% survival rate. So that indicates the farmed uh, salmon in BC are very, very healthy. And understand, too, that we receive uh, uh, permits and licenses to operate, which include a a very, very lengthy um, uh, uh, aquaculture license with its standards that we have to follow, and that is uh, fish health. We have our own uh, uh, veterinarians and fish health professionals in our company that regularly test. And those tests are audited by our, uh, our regulators in Fisheries and Oceans Canada. Uh, and that information is, uh, is publicized online for everyone to see. And uh, what about her claim as well that if you look in other areas, be it Alaska or other uh, parts of the coast that don't have uh, in-water fish farms, the salmon stocks, the wild salmon stocks are in a much better situation than they are here? Well, there's no doubt that Alaska performs better than California and Oregon and Washington and and B.C. for salmon returns, but there's some context missing here, and that is, uh, uh, it was mentioned, Alaska and Russia. Both those countries have an extensive hatchery program that uh, release billions of fish into the ocean to supplement their wild catch, so it would be an unfair comparison to say that there is an aquaculture in both Alaska and Russia that produce millions of fish. Uh, It's a successful program, but it also comes with its risks as well, as people know that uh, hatchery salmon 
uh, can negatively influence wild salmon. So it's a bit of an unfair comparison. Uh, they also talked a bit about the footage that uh, they were able to get um, one of the the elders, uh, Chief Quack's sister, going on to one of the farms and uh, finding, they say, uh, thousands of fish, uh, such as herring, trapped in a pen that had already been harvested. Uh, what what do you say to the concerns that wild, wild fish are being trapped in about a half meter of water or being trapped in these pens? Well, I've been salmon farming on the coast for 25 years. I've spent hours and hours and hours looking uh, at a net pen, and, uh, and I can uh, say this, that uh, small fish, because it's a net pen that grows our fish in the ocean for two years, uh, the mesh is fairly uh, large. It's uh, a few centimeters in width, and small fish can swim in, and they can swim out of that net. So fish that you may see there today, you might not see tomorrow. But there are some that uh, that choose to stay because it's a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a safe environment, I guess. There's no predators inside the net, so they'll stay and they'll grow. And at the end of the cycle, when we harvest our fish and before we pull that net out of the water, we'll release those fish into the water. And again, all this information is publicized on uh, Fisheries and Oceans website. If there is any incidental catch in our nets, it will be uh, provided to authorities and posted online. Uh, so, so would you say they're overreacting to this? Because they seem quite concerned about the wild fish that were in these nets. Well, it was interesting that I think it was mentioned that the fellow that uh, trespassed on site, uh, and our, again, you know, I must say our employees were very professional in, uh, in, in just asking him to leave because it is a private workplace. Um, but it's fine. He caught this image, but I, I heard that he was perhaps a commercial fisherman. So a commercial fisherman should know very well about bycatch um, and the possibility of fish getting caught in nets. Uh, what they may not know is we have the ability to release these fish when we either harvest our fish or remove the nets. So I guess you know, if you don't understand our business and the practices that are involved and you don't ask those questions of people on, on site, then you'll come to your own conclusion. Right, but I think their their concern also was even if the fish, say the herring that are caught in the net, don't die, that's not an ideal uh, situation. It's not an ideal environment for, for them to be spending any great period of time. Well, it is, apparently, because they're so small they could be swimming out of the net, but they've chosen to stay in the net again because they're, they're um, uh, safe from predators. I can tell you that those fish now, because we are lifting those nets out, have been released, and, uh, and that's typical, uh, typical practice. And I'm just glad I could explain it uh, to your viewers that might not understand our business. Uh, uh, Alexandra talked again about saying that uh, the problems could all be solved uh, by taking the nets out of the water and putting them on land. Uh, is there any appetite to, to do that? Well, in our business, uh, we grow salmon for three years, and for one year, they are grown on land uh, in freshwater farms, so we know the business very well. Uh, and as that has progressed, uh, so is our investment. Uh, right now, we're investing $40 million, our company, into land-based uh, aquaculture. It's called Recirculating Aquaculture Systems. So we're very interested to see how this technology can progress. But again, around the world, the ocean is a very, very efficient place to grow fish. This is not new. This has been happening around the world for decades now. And British Columbia is well positioned with its coastline to grow fish. Uh, And whether that happens on land or in the ocean, um, that's to be decided in the future. But both provide a very efficient and very responsible way to grow fish. All right, uh, Ian, we're out of time, but I do appreciate uh, you coming on uh, and sharing uh, your thoughts on this. Thank you so much uh, for joining the program this morning. Again, thanks for having us, Jill. Appreciate it. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980.
CKNW.